When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There. Yeah, I mean, when you first said it, I thought about some old white man saying that. <laughs> and he's like, well, black people seem happier in the 60s. You know, they knew they knew their place. They weren't all bent out of shape and worried about they were called and all this. Stuff. You know, it was it was good times. I had a lot of good a lot of good people that worked with me that were black and all this. Stuff, you know, I, I remember Sean Hannity said that one time. He's like, yeah, you know, the 1960s was great. I'm like, for who? <laughs> yeah. You know <laughs> What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop-style podcast. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Um, I got I got quite a bit, actually. Uh, so I mentioned the house has a speaker, and his name is Mike Johnson, and he's already said something that not only is surprising coming from him, but just surprising coming from someone in his party. Uh, he was he was telling telling the story. I don't even know if it's really a story, but he was just explaining how, you know, he he has an adopted black son, and he has uh, a natural born white son that he had with his wife. And he was saying how they've both been raised the same. They both are pretty much the same when it comes to uh, intellect and smarts and things like that. They grew up the same, but he was like, unfortunately, my black son is going to have a tougher time in life than my white son. And the interviewer was like, well, why do you say that? Why do you why do you believe that? What can we do to change that? And he was like, well, in this country, we need some systemic changes. And I was like, like, it just was it was just kind of like like that party has been known for pretty much to an extent saying that there is no systemic racism. They'll always say, oh, there's some racism and they never really point to anything specific, but they never, almost never conceded their systemic racism. So for the new speaker of the house to admit that I thought was different. Um, has he has he got any pushback from his comments? I haven't heard any pushback yet. I don't know how much of his party has seen that interview. And I'm not saying that he's going to be like this liberal Republican speaker. I, I'm just saying that when you listen to like the Ron DeSantis of the world, 
and you know 45 and a lot of the other prominent people in that party it's just that's just not something you usually hear um we recorded last week on the day we recorded last week there was a mass shooting in Maine and if I'm not mistaken I don't I don't think we said one word about it um it's like one of the, I think it's like the third worst mass shooting in this country. 18 people dead, 13 others injured. Um, the signs were there. People did the right thing. People reported him. Uh, whatever systems are in place, it should have uh, prevented him from getting a gun or at least, you know, having his guns taken away. But whatever the case may be, I'm not really here to talk about that specifically because I've told the listeners how I feel on mass shootings. And it seems like the country is catching up with me. Because other than that initial night, I, I I haven't even heard that many thoughts and prayers mm-hmm. about the victims. Uh, but earlier that day in the Senate, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, the state that's known for the Sandy Hook shooting, was debating Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. And I caught like half of the back and forth, but it has something to do with if people in the military are deemed mentally unstable, that their guns should be taken away from them temporarily until they are examined. And if they pass certain, you know, whatever tests they put in place, then they can be given their guns back. But we need to get guns out of the hands of people that are displaying some type of mental disturbance. And Senator Kennedy was arguing against it. And I remember his final argument was like, you know, Yes, I want everybody to be good citizens, but just in case they're not, I want to be able to have my gun. And, you know, this gun debate has gone on for a long time, but I just thought it was interesting for that debate to take place. And then that very same night, nearly the exact example takes place in a in a state in, in America. So um, if I can find that, because, you know, they're all on C-SPAN, I might, I might even post it on uh, Three Brothers, and that way you guys can see, like, the full debate and see exactly what they're talking about. And the last thing I want to mention, man, is Mike Pence made news, former vice president. He's dropped out of uh, the presidential uh, race, and he makes history because he is the first former vice president to not get his party's nomination. So... Just thought that was interesting. I, Cause, go ahead. In Mike Pence's defense, most you're usually not running against your former running mate. That is true. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is uh, this is uncharted territory. We're in, exactly. So exactly. you know, you, <laughs> I, got, I don't even. I got a little more political history. I'm going to save it for the end. But uh, that was that was interesting uh, to me as well. But like you say, he is the first, I believe, to run against his <laughs> own president at the time. So that's all I got, man. He, he wasn't going to get that, nom- that nomination anyway. So no, even if even if even if 45 didn't run. Yeah, I don't think I don't he would have got, got it. Um, they don't trust him because he wouldn't overturn the election. And they, and they want somebody that will overturn an election. So, yeah, that he wasn't going to get it. He's too upstanding for the Republican Party. And that, you know, that's sad. Anyway, uh, have you guys heard about City Girls and uh, their their album sales? Or did you even know they dropped an album? Uh, 
I only knew because of what you texted us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the listeners that don't know, uh, City Girls did drop an album, and nobody knew about it because it only sold ten thousand albums or records. Um, that is like going wood, as people like to call it. But uh, it was really, really bad. They went on the Breakfast Club, and they were just saying that you know it was bad management, bad publicity. People shouldn't be hearing about their album dropping from the lack of sales of their album dropping. But I get that. But again, I think kind of like mumble rap, that style is kind of starting to die. I think uh, Hot Girl Summer is kind of over at this point. So you think so? With Lotto and Sexy Red? They are a little different, though. It's I think we've gone from Hot Girl Summer to this ratchet girl thing it's a little different style to me and I actually did Lotto a disservice to include her with sexy yeah red. I don't really rock with either one but Lotto does have a, a 10 times better song than what sexy red has put out yeah yeah so I, I do want to clarify yeah, like I, I put Lotto up there with like Doja Cat and like the new female rappers that actually can have a pretty good song here and there so but is, is, is some of this the City Girls' fault? Have, did they release like a single or a video? No, no. It's like they it, all the, yeah. their new songs that were on the album were like old comparatively. And so they had dropped a couple singles, but they didn't drop the album soon enough. Like it was just really, really poor management of that whole release and everything. But um, yeah, they... I, I think they are uh, pretty much dead over. I don't think they're gonna... They're probably gonna get dropped from their label at this point. I'm no fan of theirs, but just from the little bit I've paid attention, it doesn't seem like it's that serious to them anymore. Like the only time I see Carisha is doing her podcast or running behind Diddy. Mm -hmm. And the other one I hardly see at all ever. So it just, it does not seem like maybe they've been doing stuff and I just didn't know about it, but it does rap doesn't seem as serious as it did to them when they were trying to break into the game. Yeah. It's like we said, um, you know, it's, it's, they're not trying to develop as artists with their, they're looking for those quick hits and it, it, you can only do that for so long, right? You can get one, maybe two hits out of that, but you have to develop as an artist. You got to be able to do the interviews. You got to be able to do the other things that I, I don't think they're able to do or, or willing to do at this point. So um, speaking of stars, Jenna Ortega showed us uh, how to actually pronounce or pronounce Rihanna or Rihanna because her actual name, we should be pronouncing it Rihanna. So anybody and listeners out there, if you are pronouncing uh, Rihanna's name Rihanna, it is Rihanna. And her team actually confirmed that. That's how you should be saying it. So, meh. I didn't know that either. I was pronouncing it wrong. Uh, who knew? Uh, and finally, I want to say... The, the record labels, labels named you Rihanna. I'm going to call you Rihanna. Well, they were saying like... Every all the other countries pronounce it Rihanna, like only the U.S. pronounces it Rihanna, and so I, I don't know, I don't know. But her team actually confirmed that that's how you should be saying it, and they, they like gave her a shout out for it. So yeah, gotta pronounce it correctly, guys. Uh, and finally, I want to say uh, Jurassic Park is here. Some scientists found a forty-six thousand-year-old tapeworm. Frozen in Siberia, they defrosted it, and the tapeworm started having babies instantly. So, 
yeah be be ready for uh jurassic park or the next apocalypse i don't know um but it may come from this forty-six thousand year old tapeworm but that's all i got man i just wanted to throw those little news tidbits out there for you guys just so you know the the the, the awkwardness that um doesn't grace your timeline all the time uh yeah that definitely checked all those boxes <laughs> um don't have a lot uh i am kind of surprised that biden and uh his administration has been a little more vocal about their support or warnings towards israel and humanitarian efforts saying hey like you know there's this debate how much we're going to support as far as financially but hey they're acknowledging that there are a lot of things going on that need to stop I'd be very careful anytime you say anything about subjects like this but at least a lot of times those things go unchecked I don't know how far and how detailed and how stern we're going to be, but that's a start because I know we've talked a couple of times over the last couple of weeks about uh, the loss of human life, civilian life over there and what regular everyday people are going through. So the fact that they're at least addressing that, I don't know if that's all smoke and mirrors, you know, but we shall see. Any thoughts on that buff? Um, Yeah, I, I, I'm actually a little bit more critical on the administration right now uh, because I actually re- repeated something that they said when we first talked about this war. And there is no confirmation of beheaded babies. And the administration kind of quietly put out a retraction because the president said he's seen evidence of it. And when no evidence, no evidence has surfaced, they kind of just put out like a little press release like, hey, he misspoke or whatever like that. And, you know, this has nothing to do with the administration, but Israel, man, they getting more and more off the chain. And the people that are trying to cover themselves and say, hey, like you said, Ferg, we respect all life. Some of them are saying that, but you can tell they don't really mean it. And when you got the president of Israel saying we don't even distinct the difference between Hamas and Palestinians, that is dangerous talk. Mm-hmm. And when you start bombing refugee camps and just to just to take out one leader. And you've you you've killed more than fifty civilians going after this one leader, then I think America has to become more and more forceful in their criticism of Israel because it is is getting out of hand. And and again, I don't want to minimize what happened to what happened to Israel's by Hamas was terrible, and they have every right to hit back. Exactly. But you, but you cannot, you still have to remember that there are innocent people. And for the president of Israel to say he makes no distinction, they should have overthrown Hamas. That election was 16 years ago. A lot of, a lot of these grownups that are in uh, Palestine now, they were kids when Hamas was put into power. They don't have the power to overthrow them like that. And then you also got them saying, well, like when they asked them about bombing the refugee camp, well, we told them. We, we told them they need to leave the area. Okay, people keep saying that. Keep People keep tossing that around. Just leave the area. Mm. We The three of us all live pretty decent lives. 
If somebody told you, hey, leave your home because that area is about to get bombed, we all can afford to go somewhere, but for how long? And where? And where are we going? Mm-hmm. And, and what are you doing about your job? And what are you doing about your, you know, everything else that you got going on somewhere? Like, just to tell people, uh, a nation of people, they got to move. Where? Right. When you had Egypt barely wanting to let them in, they finally decided to open their borders and let them in. Like, it's, 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 it's crazy, man. And I just think the administration does need to be more and more forceful. It sounds like, from what you said further, they're taking the start, but they got to be more forceful in it. Um, but I do admit, it's it, all of it is difficult. All yeah, it's no, it, yeah, war yeah. and all that stuff, is it's, it's not easy. You know, yeah. it's and shout out to Bernie Sanders. He, I mean, as, as a Jew, he spoke out against Israel, and that that's a really hard thing to do. Uh, so he did speak out about exactly what we're saying. It's like, look, I, I get it. You want to go back after Hamas, but the thing is, you can't kill indiscriminately. You can't, um, you know, humanitarian. You got to provide humanitarian assistance and allow for humanitarian aid to be in. Uh, get into that country, those types of things. So he called him out a little bit, and um, that that's a big deal for you know a Jewish person to actually um, come out and on the on the uh, House floor, so or the Senate floor. I'll leave it with that. I think that was a good place to end. Uh, Sophie available? She is. Hold on, let me grab her. <laughs> yes, look, look at look at yes. Sophie soaking up that game. <laughs> she like, what about you? Have a joke. <laughs> okay, what's <laughs> what you got for us? Yeah. What it is? Knock knock. Who's there? Kang. Kane who? It's actually a kangaroo. <laughs> is that what you made up? Yeah. No, I found out the other <laughs> All right, Sophie. We're gonna have yeah. to go back to the drawing board on the can- the, the, the the yeah the impromptu knock knock jokes. Mm-hmm. But your hair is popping. I, I had another one in case you guessed it. I would have never guessed that one. Never, never guessed that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect it, but I would never know. Okay. You seem to be on a roll last time. Yeah, yeah, I was I was in a zone. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go, ahead. go for another one. Oh, you, do you guys want another one? Sure. Give me what Why? you got. Yeah. Why not? What do you call a lazy kangaroo? Oh, sticking with the kangaroos, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. Okay. Kangaroo day. A pouch potato. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. That's pretty yeah, sticking yeah. with the kangaroo yeah, thing. Thank you, thank you. I was trying to figure thank out like is she gonna come day. back around from Tomorrow, the first joke? It, I mean next week it might be bees, maybe cow. <laughs> okay. We'll see. You know, after Halloween, you know, eating a couple of laffy taffies and reading those jokes. Whew. Who are writing those Rises. jokes? Oh yeah, I feel like they were. I feel like they were better when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> they are awful yeah, now, those man. Those like jokes—they're pretty bad, man. How was yeah. your Hall- How were your Halloweens, Rozzy, uh Your your costumes were super dope. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're definitely in the top three. I think your competition with the dude who dressed up as the Montgomery Brawl oh, Montgomery. chair recipient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Chloe. And Chloe. Chloe Bailey. No. <laughs> did y'all see um what's her name? Um Ah. Uh, Lipstick Lover. What's her name? Um 
Oh, uh, Janelle Monet. Monet. Yeah, did you see her? She dressed up as a chameleon. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, see that. yeah. it's oh yeah, yeah. You got to watch that. Uh, or look at that one first. There were a lot of good ones. Uh, Kerry Washington did. Go yeah. Did he went over the top? But I mean, I, I got to give it to him. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Did he rent the Batmobile? He had. I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. How the hell he get that? <laughs> that is creepy. Yeah, but that side boob though. But that side boob though. <laughs> wow. Who? Who's 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 first? That's right. Yeah, this is this is with titties. This is this is disturbing. Why? This, because you kind of like it. Nah, this is this is sci-fi. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I think I can I can go first. Uh, mine's probably gonna be pretty quick. Actually, uh, okay. So, good, good. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about uh, Marcus Jordan, and so Marcus Jordan has been dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, and they are engaged. And Marcus has asked Michael Jordan to be the best man in his wedding, and so, <laughs> so I want to ask you, brothers, do you think MJ should be the best man or not? That's his homeboy. Kind of best friend who, who he's had a falling out with. He has had a falling out with, um, but he's known, you know, that ex-wife for a long, long time, and now his son is is, you know, about to marry her. So, so let's put this in perspective. So, if I'm getting the the angles right, so me and Z get a divorce, and Ali ends up getting engaged to Z, right? Right. Should and, I be the best man? I mean, yeah, if you want to die. <laughs> I don't even know how that happens. I mean, at this point, I'm I'm trying to erase a thought from, from my mind and put it back to your original question for them. Because <laughs> I just, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you know Fur, but Larsa said that it, it just kind of happened. They knew some of the same people. Yeah, they grew up together because of yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, they neither one of them planned it. It just kind of, it just kind of happened. So why does Rosie have to die in this? Oh, scenario? Everybody got to die. <laughs> uh, ZK get well, remarried if y'all yeah. divorce. I want nothing but bad for her. We already had this conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And I, and I think on top of that, if she does get remarried, not to your son, <laughs> her godson, but um, her godson, yeah, I'm, that. I, I'm gonna say no, Jordan shouldn't. And I, I know I've only heard him speak out on this once, and he said he doesn't, he doesn't approve of the relationship. Now I don't know why. I don't know if if that's because of the falling out he has with Scotty, or if it's just overall he just thinks that's uh, cruddy. But I mean, NBA players are used to seeing people do cruddy things. They they smash each other's wives and stuff like that. That's why it's beef between teammates at times. But I'm I'm gonna or say mothers. no. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's mm-hmm. oh my goodness, yeah, that too. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say no. Just even though you and Scotty aren't seeing eye to eye, just remove yourself from that situation. Um, and, and, yeah, and, st- and st- stay stay. There's out of nothing that good that's gonna come from 
you being involved in that wedding. Going to support your son, that's fine. Being there, that's fine. Um, but just like the best man, you know, I, I don't know. You know, is Scotty invited? Well, that- I mean... I, I I would I would wouldn't think so, but is Scotty invited? But also, um, <laughs> just know his family, right? He did he did make it happen, but um, one of the other things that Marcus brought up is that Jordan was the best man at their his other brother's wedding, right? And so it's kind of like he's like he it's only fair that he's his wife ex wife. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, like, I mean, does that exactly. does that matter? I mean, if your child is yes, happy, yes. there, there, if it matters, yeah, matters. there, there are. You're comparing apples to and, oranges, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's not. All the situations aren't the same. You know, you can't support somebody just because I supported the other person. Like, if there's something that you that you disagree with, then you have the right to kind of step away from that as well. I, I don't know. That's just that's just that. Yeah. I look at it. I look at it like these parents that you know don't like what college the kid picks, and it's like I'm disowning you or whatever. Like my thing is, I I think he should be the best man, and and because it, I'm supporting my son. Mm-hmm. He's in love. This is what he's gonna do. I'm there to support him. Yeah, and, you, and get through that. You can support him by being there in the aisle. What's the, the difference wedding. of being in aisle and being and, and handing there, him there, the ring? There's there's levels to it. Kind of the same way we talked about writing that character letter versus just being there in support. Like I can't write and support you on this. Like you can call me, we can talk through it, but I'm not I'm not gonna do anything that's going to move this along or help this situation. Like you dug your grave, you deal with that. Like you you when y'all were met, y'all first date, you can be like, man, if we get married, then my dad's going to be walking us down the aisle. And like, you you had to think that this, you had to know that this was a dumbass idea. Like, at some point, somebody had to tell you this is a dumbass idea. And when you do dumbass things, at a certain point, people have to distance themselves from your decisions. You know, you so, like it, so I love you saying, it. Like, are, are you saying that they can't come to Christmas dinner and stuff like that with the family and all that like like that that's like how are you how are you putting these like variables of i'm i'm gonna halfway support you right i'm i'm gonna halfway understand and do this it's for me it's you you make the decision you support them all the way you don't so for me it's like i'm gonna be the best man or i'm not going to the wedding at all like I, i i don't see how i can be a halfway crook in that so, like, you compared it to a, a child picking a college that the parent doesn't want them to go to. In that scenario, you say, look, you 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 announce your displeasure, but you don't disown them. And in this scenario, with him marrying her, you say, look, you know, I don't I don't approve of this. I don't support it. But you are my son. But I'm not going to go as far. Like, first, it's levels to it. I'm not a, I'm not going to go as far as be your best man and make it seem like I'm giving you a stamp of approval. No, I want it to be known that I don't approve of this, but at the same time, you are my child. <laughs> and, and this is this is a big moment for you. I don't think it's a great idea, but I'll come and witness it. But I'm not going to I'm not going to give my stamp of approval by being the best man. Yeah. So I'm with it because now you're holding my decision making hostage. 
Like I can't be around my family because in your world is all or nothing. So the, the closest thing I can compare to Rosie is for us. If TJ or Ali go to college and they want to pledge my, my kids can pledge anything they want to. I'm not paying for anything outside the bros. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they can do what they want to. I'm supporting you, but I'm only supporting you to a certain level. Like I don't approve of these other organizations like that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to, I'll be at your probate show with my frat shirt on. You know, like who's dad <laughs> is out there doing a seven ten twenty spin? That's that's TJ's dad. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's it's my right to say, you know what? I I love you. I'm here for you, but I'm not going to fully support that decision. Gotcha. I gotcha. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And, and I, that's why I wanted to get you guys takes on it, because like I saw so many different opinions on it and I was thinking, I'm like, I I would probably do it. And I, went, I, I figured y'all would go somewhere different on it. So I wanted to get that opinion out there and get all the different angles on it. So, you know, I like when we don't do, when we don't agree on something. Yeah, it's better. It's much better. That way. <laughs> but um, you're wrong on this one, just in case you needed to know. You're just definitely wrong. So I want to make the case for going second only because I had this conversation with this person yesterday and I wanted to okay. speak on it before for before I forgot it. <laughs> so I was having a conversation with someone and I'm not going to even um, put like a question out there. I'm just going to tell you guys what the conversation was and just get you to pick what you want to um, comment on. Or I don't know. Maybe I will decide to make it a question. But I was having a conversation with someone and I forgot how we got on this part of the conversation. But it turned into, you know, how you run your household. And he was saying that, you know, I really prefer the traditional way of running things. Like it's like 1960s in my house in that my wife, she does like as far as um the health of the baby, the health of the child, the the, uh, the nurturing, the, the feeding and stuff. She does that. I do the yard work. Uh, if anything needs to be fixed around the house, I take care of that. Uh, very, very traditional. He feels like things were better that way. We, as a, as a black people, we were a stronger unit when we had that strong uh, family unit and foundation. He was talking about how the marriage rates were like at 74% back then versus how they are now and how we almost encourage to an extent women to be single. And then it went on and I said, well, okay, I, you know, I heard him out and, and saw how he felt. I said, well, what do you think led to this? And he said, I think we stopped holding men accountable. And we need to start holding men accountable. I think, Ferg, you said something similar to this, but he was saying we need to go as far as if 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 you if you hanging out with a homeboy that's that's stepping out on their wife or or doing things they shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be hanging out with them. He's like, you need to disown them. Like if we if we about to go hang out and you know one of one of them is doing X, Y, and Z, hey man, you need to go home. Uh, he was like, we need to hold men more accountable. We need to make men feel ashamed of 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 dogging their women out and things like that. Um, and he went as far as to say he wouldn't he he prefers to do business 
with with people that are married versus some single guy because he feels like marriage just instills a certain level of discipline. I'm probably leaving out some nuggets, but like that is like a general conversation that we were having. And I just wanted to get your take on why you guys are answering. I had him actually send me some. I was like, yo, send me some bullet points that you remember for our conversation just so I don't leave out anything. So while you guys are answering, if I see something I left out, I'll kind of toss that out there. If I see your answer or response, rather, it's applying to it. But just based off of that 1960s traditional hold men accountable, uh, protect women better, things like that. What 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 do you got? What you got? Where do I start? <laughs> oh my God. 1960s traditional when guys could have whole other families on the other side of town and nobody said anything. I, yeah, I knew you would go to that, but clearly he's not speaking to those type of men because he just said we need to hold men accountable. That, so that, well, not I, I every mean, man, not whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, not every man was doing that. There were examples of that, but not every man was doing that in the sixties. A lot of men were like cheating wasn't not every, like, like cheating. What's a lot? What's a I, lot? I mean, you think the majority of men were doing yes, that? I do. I do. You think the majority think, of men had yep. other families? Not other families, no. but I I do think the majority of men had a little side chick. That was a very common place. <laughs> So do you think the majority of men have side chicks now or cheat now? Probably. I hate to say it, but I mean, why, why do we think 50% of uh, uh, marriages end in divorce? Why do we think so because many people? We, we, because we know the majority of marriages end over finances, not infidelity. So yeah, yeah, I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. What I'm saying is I do think when you say, oh, it, this 1960, you know, panacea, and oh here was the euphoric like quintessential relationship didn't exist that was tv bro like that didn't that that wasn't the the every person out there was doing that so when you talk about the holding people accountable they didn't hold each other accountable back then either right like marriages stayed marriages because women had no other choice but to stay in those marriages right like you had they couldn't go get jobs for real because you had that that male superiority and and patriarchy that was there and and all of that like the the downfall and i think we've had this conversation the downfall of marriage really came from women being able to walk away them being able to stand on their own and be independent um that really is ultimately what caused the downfall of marriage they they're able to stand on their own and be individuals uh with the same responsibilities and 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 ability uh that men can to live life when they so for them to walk away are you saying when women were allowed to work at the rate that men are that that gave them the 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 independence to be able to walk away from marriage not just work but the ability to work the ability to have a bank account the ability to sign on a mortgage to be able to sign for a loan like to be able to do the things that independently women were able to sign for a mortgage no they weren't like like not to women 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 there were women that had mortgages back then but every bank wasn't allowing them to that's like that's like saying, oh yeah, uh, black people had mortgages too. I mean, we know that banks. Okay, but I, I wouldn't say black people didn't have mortgages. I would just say it wasn't at a fair rate as compared to white people. Right. You couldn't go in a bank. There were banks that wouldn't let you do it. That like when we talk about the ease of them being able to do it, right? Like they 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 had the opportunity to be able to do that and live life on a equal, somewhat equal playing field. 
So that's what I'm looking at. So I, I, I totally disagree when it comes to, oh, if we went back to 1960s, all this stuff would just work back out. It may it may get back to where, yes, the rates were higher or whatever, the marriage rates were higher, but are we going to have women happy, right? Are they going to be happy in those roles? Are they going to be, after kind of tasting the opportunity to be able to go out and do all this and move independently, would they want to go back to where they don't have the opportunity to move independently anymore? So I think I think you're hung up on 1960s. Well, I'm just I'm let's, just talking about that traditional. Let's, that traditional, let's say your tradition. Yeah. So do you? So it sounds like you're saying women in general wouldn't be happy with traditional marriage. No, because women women are in traditional marriages now. There are a lot of women that are in traditional marriages where they play the traditional gender role. Right. If you if we want to talk about what a traditional marriage is, like the traditional gender role, right? You raise so, the babies, you you clean so the house. What you, so, so what do you disagree with then? I disagree with going back to where they like. I don't think that where you have to have that to be a successful marriage or to be in a successful relationship. That's what I, I like. There are women that are in that role, in those roles. There are women that play the, the complete opposite, and guys do the homemaking and stuff like that. And I think those those relationships can be just as good, and they can be just as happy. I don't believe in men have to do that gender role, women have to do that gender role, and those those are the ways. So when you talk about going back to the 1960s, that's what I think about is that the guys have to do this, the women have to do that, and they're locked into those roles. I don't think that. I think somebody so in a think... relationship needs to do those roles. I do. I th- I just think that it needs to be a discussion between the man and the woman who's going to do which one of those roles. Okay. Okay, I have a few questions. Well, let me start with this. Is he married? Yes. How long has he been married? Mm. Mm. Um, let's say 10 years. Okay, so he has time, man. Okay, because he seemed very, like, newlywed, either newlywed or kind of pissed about his own marriage my assumption what, a couple why, of statements why, I'll make what made you make that assumption because like almost to the point like man these the shit we're doing, dealing with today you know if I was married in 1960 going back to 1960 I wouldn't be dealing with the problems I have at home you know, well, no, but, he, you, know you did say his, his house is very traditional it's like the 1960s yeah. so, okay yeah. I take that back so I was just asking how long he has been married because it's just but I do know and is he older than us Mm-mm. He'll be he's uh, he's our age though he's okay okay because I have heard uh, men who are a little older than us or a lot older than us still have that mindset. So there's a couple of things I think I think you we often romanticize about the past. I think you know in in general we talk about you know and you do a good job of kind of bringing people back but we romanticize about the 80s and the 90s and the music and how great things were and how you know we often hear people talk about well we need to get back to these real women that you know where the grandma's at or you know (laughs) or where the real men at because we talk about these things and we realize that people had just as many problems problems was just different I you asked Rizzi about infidelity I don't think infidelity has changed. I think men and women, and I'll just speak for men. I think men cheated then, men cheat now. Now, it might be a little more where you might have been cheating with Miss Daisy next door. Now, now you're going to freaking DR and Cancun and, you know, work trips and stuff like that. So you might be cheating with five versus one. Um, 
and people have more exposure. You know, uh, I think Pandora the box has been open. And so women, women and men are cheating and women and men. Sometimes it's almost like when you look biblical in the, the garden of Eden, once your eyes are open, it's hard for people to go back. You know, women have more options. Men have more options. I think the biggest change for now, between now and then, is um, marriage might have been a little more stable because I think the blueprints they they the blueprints they were using had withstood the test of time. Not saying it was right. I think our generation are we're dealing with something that's really never been dealt with. We're we're learning how to navigate uh relationships and marriage that hasn't happened before. So we're 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 dealing with women who have more uh financial freedom, individual freedom, uh more education. Men are dealing with being more trying to be more emotionally intelligent, like all these things and like we've never done this. You know, my dad's generation, granddad's generation, granddad's generation before, like it was like a man's supposed to provide, yada yada yada. Here's the blueprint. This is what you're supposed to do as a man, and this is what you're supposed to do as a woman. And I often talk about one of our biggest challenges is we want some of those things, you know, on both sides. But then we don't want the other side of it. And so we're battling like, okay, you're an independent woman, but you want a provider as a man, or you want a woman who's helping you with the bills and being a provider and a teammate, but you also want her to be so submissive. And it's kind of like, nobody knows how to navigate this. It's not fair. And I think once we both can realize that we're, we're navigating a world that's never been done. You know, our parents and everybody's like, well, we've been married for 20 years. It's been different. It's different. It's completely different. You know, um, women are walking away from marriage. Men are walking away from marriage. People are choosing not to get married now. You know, an old maid. I forgot what I was. I was listening to The Color Purple and they were talking about one of uh, Mr. Sisters. And this is in the 1920s, 1930s. Uh, She was 25 and they called her an old maid. You know, 25, if you get married at 25, girl, you're too young in mm-hmm. 2023. Mm-hmm. And, 25, and you're having a hot girl summer. Yeah, and even in the 30s and 40s, it's, uh, you know, it used to be an old cat lady. Now it's, you know, oh, that's cool auntie. Like, nobody, you, no, you like, know, not, it's not as big of a deal that she is 30, 40, 50 and unmarried. Like, she just didn't want to get married. You know, I, I I don't think... Um, I think the thought of marriage in the past was kind of like, that's what you're supposed to do. But I think our generation and younger generations are challenging. Do I want to get married? I know more successful single men and women than I care to know. You know, I know guys like, why would I get married? I'm living this life and I got to walk away from it. If it doesn't work, I'm losing a lot. You know, um, same thing with women. You know, they're 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 getting married at an older age. They've experienced life. Can remember, a lot of our family members in the sixties and fifties and early, they're getting married as teenagers. This is all they know. You get married to Byron at sixteen. At thirty, you've been with him four years and eight kids. 
what the hell are you gonna do? You know, you 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 normalize each other's, you know, good and bad. You know, that's all you know. Sixteen, he's he's been abusive since he was sixteen. Now that's another thing. Maybe niggas won't uh, fight. I mean, cheating, but there was a lot of uh, DV. abuse. Yeah. That that was, and you know that was normalized. You know, you told Harper to beat me. Like there was a reason because that's how men kept women in check. Also, uh, and I will say the last point: we didn't need to hold men accountable. I do agree, but I think we need to hold everybody accountable. It's just not a male-female thing. I think we need to hold men accountable. I will never, you know, I haven't lost friends, but I have people who probably have distanced themselves away from uh, from me a little more because I will never judge you, but I won't condone your actions. It's like, yeah, if you're about to go do this, yeah, I'm about to go home. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm about to, I'm about to move around. I, I'm not going to be over here with you and your mistress i'm not gonna be over here don't don't put me in your life yeah yeah i'm not gonna you be know, i'm not gonna be you your know. wingman so that you can pick up this chick you know yeah, or, no, or no, cheat I, on your I wife don't do that. and they know yeah, that yeah and, my, and people know that you know um and do what you do it's your life you know i i can't i can't stop it i don't know what's going on behind closed doors i don't know what's going on with your life uh but i will always you know encourage you i've i've told people like hey maybe maybe it's over maybe what's what's your what's your end game you know um, but I was do the same thing to women, you know, like it's we're navigating a new world and we, we, we got to figure it out. And I think it's not going to happen anytime soon because we're so busy only talking about our part and how the other person is so wrong. Um, maybe men and women were more together back then than they are now. Yeah. And, and as far as accountability, I think so you you have to decide what accountability looks like. And I think it varies from person to person because I think in a sense he was saying, you know, it sounds like he was saying be more direct and in, in your criticism and critique of them versus I'm kind of more aligned along the lines with you, Ferg, like, cause I don't think, and we've talked about this on this, on this show before infidelity isn't the only issue in marriages. Like, you may have a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. You may have a drug problem. You may have a drinking problem. All of like I think you can hold people accountable in your own way. Never condone it. Don't be the guy that like, hey, hey, you think you get out the house? I got I got three hoes that want to meet up with you. Like, you know, don't 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 feed them, but like like you say, hey man, if that's what you're gonna be doing, don't include me in it. Yeah, I'm not an enabler I, at all. Um, but I, I do think I, I don't so you you like Rosie said, you know, uh women were unhappy and everybody had a well, no, he didn't say everybody had a family, but everybody was cheating and stuff. I do think that, you know, there's there's a point to be made that the government looked around and said, hey, we could use more tax dollars and put on this campaign to urge and push women and to pass laws to allow women to work. And it, it made it so you almost you almost need to both parents working yeah you need both parents working in, in order to survive and that puts a strain on when you're working trying to raise kids and be a husband or and be a, a, a wife that puts a strain i think 
that's that has a lot to do with um, a, the high divorce rate. Agreed. I think what what you said, Ferg, and I think Rosie alluded to this too. Like women, they have more options now, and, and they're they're not being encouraged as much now to to hurry up and get married and things like. It's not even it's not weird to see a forty year old woman that's not married. Like that's not that's not weird. Like you you probably assume, man, she got it going on and. You know things like that. Uh, she's she's very selective in, on who she wants to be with. So, um, I like some of the stuff he said. I didn't agree with some of the stuff he said. And I even told him, I said, "Yo, like taking your first line." I said, "You know what would happen if you were on like a popular podcast? They would take that first clip. Man, I want things to be like the 1960s, and then not include anything else you said, and then they would put that out there." And, and you will automatically be painted as this, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. The, yeah. this villain. And I, I feel like, I feel like at the end of the day, he just wants to see black people win. And I think we all have different ways on what that looks like and how to get. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, when you first said it, I thought about some old white man saying that. <laughs> and he's like, well, black people seem happier in the '60s. You know, they knew they knew their place. They weren't all bent out of shape and worried about they were called and all this stuff. You know, it was it was good times. I had a lot of good, a lot of good people that worked with me that were black and all this stuff. You know, I, I remember Sean Hannity said that one time. He's like, yeah, you know, the 1960s was great. I'm like, for who? <laughs> right, right. You know? yeah, and that, 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 like that's that's what I lean in when I was just like, it wasn't all roses and and peaches and rainbows it 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 really was hard for women at that time to be able to get out if he was cheating if he was beating her if because of all the uh hurdles that she would have to but i I, I don't think it's i don't think it's all roses now i think women have more money but i don't know if they're happier i don't know i I know they i know they tell me they're happier but then every once in a while you see a chink in the armor where they'll say you know, I put on this front like I'm this and that, but I really wish I can find someone, but I can't find someone on my level. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, sure. I'm ready right. for the soft life. That's I, that. You know, that's that's yeah, the new one, right? Yeah, I'm ready for yeah, the soft life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think because there's men that do that too, and then they, they get like, I'm I'm getting older. You know, I want to have kids and all this stuff. So I I don't think that it was. I think it's all relative. So if you look at, that's why I use the Pandora's box and Eden. You only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know. So a woman in the 60s maybe felt confined and she'd had a lot of different escape, but that was the norm for her. Mm-hmm. And so if this is what you feel like and this is what you feel like, you know, the same way we normalize, our, you know, a hot girl summer is like, well, women are uh, sexual liberation, sexually free, whatever the case may be. They normalize that. Right. But three summers before that the, the idea of a hot girl summer was like say that say what <laughs> you know like th- what are they doing nah never and so the same thing in the 60s and things like that they were they normalized their environment and once things started opening and like you did make some good points about the government did m- there's some influence yeah. there's some now, things I, that I are going the on gov- make- the government fought back from li- women's liberation as long as they could. I mean, w- women, because mm. I, I, I don't want to take away from women's suffrage and the the the, the fact that they yeah. fought to get those rights. It wasn't the government back in the back of their mind like, oh, let's let's give them these rights so that we can get more tax dollars or whatever. Women fought for that, and 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 when they got it, 
that's what happened is now we, we talk about that right now. You just doubled the workforce. So now I don't have mm-hmm. to raise wages because I, you know, I got plenty of workers and that, and that type of stuff. So what ended up happening, it was a fallout of women's suffrage and, and women actually going and, and getting all those rights, civil rights, right? Because a lot of, a lot of what they got, they got because of civil rights. It's, it's not because of women's suffrage, but when that happened, but, but, they, they were able to, it, it, it did. And there was a fallout from the government based on that. Buff, you said something, and I think this is something that a lot of women push push as well when they're navigating and trying to learn this new age thing is now that you have two people working, you know, there's stresses that come with work. Mm-hmm. There's there's challenges. And when, you know, only one person was working and I can come home to my peace. You know, when we walk through the door together and we've talked about used several you know, different scenarios in this podcast, you know, I think when Ebony and them were on, it was like, neither one of us want to cook, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What do we do? Now that becomes, that becomes a, a fight or you're unappreciated or if, you know, in my mind is like, see, this, this is wrong with these women now. And her mind is like, see, I don't know what this nigga want me to do. He want me to work, cook, take care of the kids and, cook, and now we're battling on something and it's, the situation is we both just worked a full time job and we're both tired <laughs> right <laughs> and we're mad at each other <laughs> yeah. because of the scenario where like you were saying where the cost of living really is two people really have to work yeah and for most uh, for most of America two people have to work and some of these people have to work multiple jobs and yeah. so that time where women could have you know women could be your peace not saying they're not but that was kind of the expectation. So when I come home, you know, and I want my my newspaper and my pipe and, you know, the, my, the, the big piece of chicken. That's, a, that's the other thing, the house, right? The house is clean. You walk into a clean house, you feel better. Like, you can... Yeah, that shui is gone. Yeah, like, you can... Oh, yeah. and, and so now you're walking in and both of y'all looking up at the dishes like, shit. <laughs> Those damn dishes, bro! I swear, and laundry, oh, and laundry, oh, dishes and laundry. Goodness. Now, now, full disclosure, I do want to let the listeners know his wife works. She owns her. She has her own business. She runs runs her own business, so she's able to do it like from home. But um, so, and I also want to say this because he's gonna listen to this episode. If I didn't represent you as well as you think I should have, brother, you are more than welcome to come on the show. And state your case. We will have you on, and uh, we can we can talk about this more. But I, since Ferg let me go second again, I do want you to get a question in on this show, man. So okay, we'll leave it at that. I just sent the the brothers a clip. It's old. It's from the UK, and they're talking about accidental racism. And do you guys do you guys know the context they're talking about? I don't. So Danny Baker, who was a former BBC personality, when the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Mark, uh, Harry and Meghan, mm-hmm. had their child, uh, Mr. Baker made a post on Twitter where he had them walking out the hospital. Well, he had a couple walking out the hospital with uh, a monkey between them and saying like, hey, I guess the royal family is headed home. And he he said it was a gag after he got 
after he got backlash, he said it was he deleted the post, said it was a gag, and he didn't understand why BBC was blown out of proportion. Like he know they know he's not racist, and um, they're taking it too serious, and they're just they're giving in to media and all this stuff. And he's like, you know, the same I'm not racist type thing. And I mean, he was just going. He basically was like, once they came at me with that, I was he was on a effort campaign because if they don't believe him, then why is he here? And that's why she's so when they were talking about accidental racism or forgiveness, and it's like, mm, no, buddy, that that's that's not it. <laughs> like, not only was I mean, he's an educated person as you know, a commentator for BBC. You make this, you take it down, and then you double down with your comments that seem like you have no remorse and you're almost trying to play the victim that BBC is canning you. So what are your thoughts on accidental racism? Is it is it real? And should people be face the same punishment? I I like so in the video, I, I don't know who that was. The dude uh, was kind of he he. he kind of jumped in at parts um, and he talked about accidental racism and there's a difference of how you react to the accidental racism, right? Like if you are apologetic, you learn, you change your behavior or whatever, it's very, very different than you having that accidental racist moment saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was racist, um, you know, or, or I knew it was racist, but I, I was trying to play it as a joke. Uh, I, I apologize. Won't happen again. Yada, yada, yada. I do think accidental, ra- accidental racism happens. Uh, and mainly because people have unconscious biases, people buy into stereotypes. People try to make jokes for it. They don't think it's actually, um, you know, affecting that party as much as it is those types of things. So I do think accidental racism happens. Um, that we we talk a lot of times about people do racist things but they aren't racist right um racism exists but individuals may not be racist so i do think accidental racism happens i think microaggressions happen um people buy into those stereotypes but what i always lean on is what does that person do with the information once confronted that it is racist once they do you know somebody comes to them and say hey you shouldn't do that here's why you know they're educated on it do they change do they um you know upgrade their life whatever to make sure that that doesn't happen again that's when i see the character of the person any type of racist act i'm gonna look at the character of the person behind that to see was it intentional was it you know is that person trying to perpetuate that are they doubling down on it those types of things that's really when i decide what's going to happen to that person the act unless we can 100% know it was overt and it was an intentional and all of that where I'm going to react one way but if it was like there's some gray area there you can kind of see that it might have been a, a joke or attempt at a bad joke but it just didn't go over well um, that's when you know I'm going to lighten off of, of how I um, react to it and then go from there so but it does exist it does happen uh first off it, it was kind of hard like from the moment he said accidental accident accidental racist that just triggered me to that awful song by brad paisley featuring ll cool j one of the worst things i've ever heard in my life because ll cool j is saying you know uh 
I, I'll stop sagging my jeans and wearing my big coat, wearing my big gold chains if you promise to stop police brutality and, and shooting me in the streets. Motherfucker, that, that ain't no comparison. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, I don't know if there's such thing as accidental uh, racism because I, I never really know what's in somebody's heart. So I guess I'll just go off of what Rizzi said that, yeah, I'm sure it happens like People say things, especially if you talk for a living. I always say people who talk for a living, at some point, you're bound to say something wrong, something offensive or, you know, all of that, all of that stuff. So you're going to find yourself apologizing for something at some point. And so, yeah, I guess it could happen. I can't think of any examples. I remember H&M had the little black boy on their website wearing a shirt that said the coolest monkey in the in the jungle or something like that and people were outraged and the defenders was like but his mom was there his mom was okay with it and you know things like that we seen what happened with Burberry I think Gucci did something a lot of these clothing the brands mm-hmm. yeah exactly um act white actors uh not even just actors for Halloween they you know wear blackface and things like that so I don't know but this wasn't accidental. I don't think it was. I mean, like we saw the smoke that she was getting and to to what you referenced, have a couple carrying a monkey out and saying the royal family, like, come on, man. Yeah. On. Yeah. You know, you know that that was overtly racist, right? That's what going yeah, back to the exactly. the when I can look at it and I see that it's intention uh, there. That's very different than like, oh, like the monkey thing. Right. I I. I know black families that call their kids like my little monkey, right? Like, you know, because mm-hmm. the kids are crawling all over you or whatever and everything like that. Like, that was uh, my nephew. That was one of the things, like, he loved monkeys and he always got monkeys and everything. And so we bought him monkeys uh, and everything. So I could see him wearing that shirt, you know, and, and going to buy it. So I think that may have been that unintentional thing that, or that accidental racism that we're talking about, right? It's like, unless you that those affected parties can kind of come out and say, Hey, that's not it. Right. And, and then you react. And I think they, they reacted right. They're like, Hey, we apologize. Here's what, you know, we'll, we'll take it down. Yada, yada, yada. So, uh, you know, again, how they react to it is probably more important to me a lot of times than the act. Uh, unless like this instance where you just know what it is, especially, yeah. especially when you have a history of their rhetoric is already borderline racist, right? They're saying just enough, to stoke racist or, or racism, um, and then they do stuff like that. You know, if Tucker Carlson put that uh, picture up, it's very different than you know. I don't know Dave Chappelle putting that picture up, right? I, I I'm I'm gonna look at those very very differently. So, well, I will correct myself. So, it was a it was a image of a couple holding hands with a chimpanzee, dressed in clothes, with the caption "Royal Baby Leaves Hospital." So it wasn't a monkey. It wasn't a monkey. Same difference. (laughs) So there's a couple of things that were said. And we spent a lot of time talking about uh, Danny Baker and the accidental racists. But we failed to really highlight the victim, the true victim in all this. Yeah. Megan. Right. Yeah. And the baby. It's you. You made a mistake, da da da. But I'm still hurt. 
my kid still comes home because somebody said something that was accidental. Like they're still hurt. That doesn't make them feel any better. Right? Like, well, he he didn't know that he couldn't call you a, a nigger. You know, he heard he probably heard it from his family. My kid doesn't you know, because it's probably going to happen to each one of our kids at some point. Someone is going to call them that. And whether it was intentional or not, they're going to be hurt. You know, and that's what they were saying. You know, that's what she's saying. Like, why are we making him the victim? He's not a victim here. You know, he lost his job. And even she was saying something about, uh, systematic racism. And one of the guys was like, well, that's not Danny Baker's fault. Like he was trying to, make sure he was coming to his rescue. And if you looked at him, they were all looking like vultures, just trying to, and they weren't feeling anything. She said back to what you were going Byron, when they talk about accidental racism and the guy who started off was basically saying, um, if you're not going to be forgiven, then why apologize? Like you, you, there's an entitlement or a sense of entitlement to be forgiven. Regardless, is like, hey, you you did it. Deal with the consequences. Maybe I forgive you later. Maybe I'm not in a place to forgive you right now. Maybe you shouldn't be forgiven, and that is a, that is a blemish on your record, and you you live with that. Sometimes you got to live with those scars. Scars are there for a reason, you know. And I don't, I don't. Yeah, I believe that people may may be what do you call it racially illiterate sometimes they just don't know that doesn't change the fact that you hurt somebody mm-hmm. you know if if you know you accidents happen but accidents have consequences too you know if you accidentally kill somebody you're still going to go to jail maybe your sentence is a little lighter but you're still going to be punished it's not like well he really didn't mean it oh he didn't mean it hey everybody he didn't mean it we're good. We're good here. Everybody good here? Hey, get over it, Rosie. You're too sensitive. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, apologies are, apologies are, for, are for accountability, not for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. I have nothing else to say because of that. <laughs> oh, man. We, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, fellas, go ahead and cl- close it on out. All right, so I had quite a bit at the top of the show. Um, got slightly less at the end, but still quite a bit. Uh, we, Well, we talked about uh, Israel and Palestine, so I don't need to harp on that too much except to say this. I'm hearing everybody, when they defend Israel, say Israel has a right to protect themselves, to defend themselves. This horrific thing that Hamas did to them they have a right to react, retaliate and defend themselves. And we even heard some, as I pointed out at the top of the show, the president, um, the IDF, uh, other p- prominent politicians here who have pretty much said, hey, even if some innocent people get killed, at the end of the day, this is Hamas's fault. This is Hamas's fault. If anybody innocent in Palestine gets killed, it's their fault. And at the end of the day, Israel has a right to retaliate because of what Hamas did to them and what they've done to them over the past decades as well. That sounds awfully familiar to what a group of people have been saying in this country 
for decades. Except when we say it, we've been told we should just forgive. We've been told you don't have a right to push back. We've been told wait for it to play out in the court system. That's how you get your justice. We've been told all of these things opposite from what a lot of these people are saying Israel has the right to do. I just would love for those people to think about that for once. The same things that you've been saying to them, you've been saying the complete opposite to me and my people. And in that that year of 2020, especially, and during the Obama administration, Trayvon Martin, 2020, George Floyd, you know, a lot of us were angry. And we and we we've never done anything remotely close. We've had we've had Tulsa. We've had Rosewood. We've had the Elaine massacre in Arkansas. We've had multiple incidents. The bloody summer that we had all over the country where a certain group of people have unprovokingly attacked people that look like me rising and furred for no other reason than we were succeeding. We were minding our business. We were thriving. Colorado skin, all of that stuff. We were attacked and slaughtered. And nobody of prominence ever stands up and says, hey, you guys have a right to do this. We're always told to forgive and all of that stuff. And I just look at the dualities of these two arguments. And it just was interesting to me to see some of these people say these things on what Israel is allowed to do. But when it happens right here in their country, then we need to wait for all the facts. I'm going to disagree. What is, what, I'm disagree what is, with that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said nobody says it. Nobody in the U.S. says it. Every other country, especially a suppressed country, they 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 call the U.S. out on it. <laughs> like, how are you going to come over here and tell me what to do when you, you're doing this to your people at home? Like, if you travel, they say that. Mm-hmm. They, they said that. Then Putin said yeah, that. Yeah, they talked about like, dog, how you yeah. what? During Ferguson, during Ferguson, yeah, like, he what, said are, that, what yeah. are we talking about? Yeah. Like your 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 people sworn to protect and serve are doing this. You guys are doing this to people. You got people going to churches bombing people. Like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, we just don't say it, or the the U.S. doesn't say it, but everybody else recognizes it. So. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. So I just, I, I could go on and on. I, I, I was give, beginning to ramble, so I'm glad you actually interjected. So let me just, I just wanted to put that out there. And the other thing I wanted to mention, I said I had some more political history. Dean Phillips, the congressman for, from Minnesota, is now officially running for president. He's a Democrat. Uh, it's interesting because he's saying he's not running against President Biden, but he's running for president. I, I don't know what that means, but I did want to point this out that anytime uh, uh incumbent president was challenged by a member of their own party that was primary, they lost the general election. So that I just think that's something to, that's just something to think about. Gerald Ford, it happened to him, it happened to Jimmy Carter, it happened to HW uh Bush with Pat Buchanan. They wound up losing the um, the general re-election. So it's just one more thing that I just want the Democrat Party to think about as they head into 2024 and they're sticking with Biden. Hmm. So look out. 
Uh, he didn't need any help to probably lose. I don't think, you know, <laughs> even if he would have went unchallenged, I think it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which one? Right. Which one are you talking about? Uh, Biden. Oh, you think he's gonna lose mm-hmm. anyway? Regardless. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh. I, I don't think like, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm, I'm nervous. I just, uh, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Gonna be fun times, right? Um, only thing I got, man, I don't know if y'all have heard Dwight Howard likes meat, but what, what? It's just what is happening. But, um, but that's, that's not actually the news, um, or, or my closing comments. My closing comments actually is on those folks that are trying to make a big deal out of it. And I want to call out anybody who outs somebody and thinks that it's funny. That's really what I mean. Whoever leaked the video and all that stuff, um, that's who I have a. Don't forget that there's a victim. Like this all came about because there's yeah, a because he's sexually, uh, he sexually so assaulted somebody. No, yeah, everybody's laughing at Dwight, but the real thing is he may have sexually assaulted. Yeah, somebody. yeah. So yeah, and oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about that today, and it's been pretty hush hush for the most part for somebody to be so such a big star and i think i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know if we're just we don't know how to deal with it and they don't even how to report the story because this is probably the biggest case or scenario of its kind like how do we how do we spin this how do we market this i don't know what to say i don't know what to do you know, if, if if Dwight had sexually assaulted a woman, this would be all over the news. Mm-hmm. We'd probably be in jail, actually. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, very, very good take. So continue, Rosie. No, that's I, I, I just I was segueing into the outing, like with that. That is very different because of the sexual assault and everything. But it made me think about everybody that's like laughing about you know, his sexual preference. And I just wanted to segue into, I I know people that have been outed and everything, and it's not funny on that aspect, right? Like people are making jokes about that. Like I made a joke about it uh, to start off the segment, but ultimately what I want to make sure is that, you know, if you are in those situations and you have somebody that's in the closet that's not your story to tell. That's not your, you know, you shouldn't be out in anybody. Um, that is their time. And it's for them to come out whenever, uh, when they feel comfortable to be able to do that. And I just want to protect folks who, you know, are in that situation and, and don't feel like they're ready to come out. I think everybody needs to respect that and, and hold off until that person's ready. So that's all. Yeah. And there's nothing out, by the way, there's nothing to tell. Not not in Dwight's case. I'm just talking about in just right, general. Right. You know. Um well mine is gonna be very light. Uh and luckily it's Thursday, so I I can I'm good. But uh screw you, Loki. <laughs> uh that last episode ended like on, on a cliffhanger. So anybody who hasn't caught up to Loki, once you watch episode four, um at the end, have you guys watched it? I watched four, yeah. Yeah, it just ended so abruptly. Like, really? We gotta wait. A, this. I'm looking at the like. Is this? Is this a season finale? It just. It just ended so. Yeah. So it's only, so it's only four episodes. No. Oh. Uh, watch. 
Am I right, Rod? Yeah. Watch episode four. The way it ended, you were like, okay, there got to be a end credit scene or something. You just you got to give me more. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes out tonight, right? They come out. It drops on Thursday. Yeah, so saying. yeah, Luckily I'm about it's... to watch it now. So matter of fact, yeah. All right, let me do yeah, some catching. Z, we're looking at each other like, really? That's how you gonna do us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fast forwarding and like you know, uh, okay, it's gotta be in credit, in credit, in credit. Oh no, you recommending something else? No. <laughs> so screw you, Loki. That's all I got. <laughs> uh, with that being said, Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast. Check us out on Contentville every Monday at 8 p.m. That is Central Standard. I got to make sure I get my, get my time period straight. So check us out every Monday, 8 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, Contentville. Thank you, ladies, once again. Three brothers, no sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.